Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of both Beyond the Rules and Talk and Shop in one package. With me, I got the handsome Honduran, Carlos Domo, and the distinguished gentleman himself, Curtis Dugar. What's up, guys? What's going on? Steven, man, it's been a minute. What's going on, my man? That feels like a lifetime with all the shit going on and all of our seasons and the highs and lows, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. You know, I'll start. I haven't really formally talked about it instead of interviewing the coaches that were involved in it, but I reached the pinnacle and I got to umpire at Yankee Stadium. Woo! That was amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Big time, man. Congrats. Couldn't couldn't have done it without the two of you guys uh, helping me. Uh, At least if I got in that position without you guys, I wouldn't be as confident in the job that I did going in and coming out of it as I would without you guys. So thank you very much. And part of the reason for Beyond the Rules is for everybody can get what I get from the people that I learned from. And you two are help shape me. So thank you for that. And uh, it was it was an amazing experience. Yankee Stadium, it's like feels like a church. Yeah. Somebody's not even religious. So it was it was amazing. And uh, yeah, and I, I'm I'm more interested, too. We could get talk about that later on. But your guys season in terms of college, where you guys have gone and 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 we'll start with Curtis, Mr. Distinguished Gentleman himself. Like, tell me about your season since last we talked for our midseason catch-up, and even with um, we talked with Peckman. Absolutely. First, you know, it's been way too long. I feel like, you know, we've uh, we've had a lot of stuff happening that's just kind of held us back from doing this this podcast. I'm glad we were able to get back, uh, oh, yeah, even man. just for a few minutes, to uh, just kind of catch up and, and talk shop a little bit. And and the fact that our last episode was kind of the midseason of, uh, of our, you know, spring seasons. Uh, says that you know we we got a lot of catching up to do, so I'm excited for us to get back um, yeah. into a regular swing with this. The season w- was awesome. Um, you know, I think for me, as with many uh, officials, you know, we're, we're balancing uh, life with uh, with work and ball. So you know, whether it's family or um, our, our work commitments, you know, we're trying to make sure that we're able to balance all of that and and be good stewards of the game. So um, so that was definitely you know a big piece of my journey this year was because I'm out of Philly, you know, working at a uh, institution for higher education, you know, I have to balance how I, you know, make sure I make time for, you know, my hobby um, while also ensuring that, you know, I stay uh, dutifully employed by said, you know, person or entity. So, so, you know, I, I really, you know, regularly give shout outs to my assigners for, you know, helping me be engaged uh, appropriately and, getting to um, sites during the midweek, you know, that, you know, complement my work schedule uh, while also giving me an opportunity to, you know, to have some quality matchups, whether it's close to, you know, the Philly area or during those weekends, you know, I, I can go ahead and flex out and, you know, get to my locations. So the season went well, you know, I, I had some really good matchups at the D3 level, which was great, full schedule there. But then also, you know, my weekends were in division one uh, weekends, which were great. So, I was able to work with some really good partners, folks who I've worked with before, some folks that I've never worked with, which is great, you know, getting some different perspectives, allowing folks to see my game and give me some feedback on things that I could do or, you know, focus areas for uh, me to take into the summer to, to to sharpen up. Things that, you know, they gave me as feedback that I was like, mm, I don't, I'm not going to take that. I'm good. You know, and mm-hmm. I, but I put it in the back of my mind, you know, to kind of, you know, store it up and then, uh, you know, evaluate it to either add to my game or to to not add to my game you know so I think all those things were really valuable throughout the entire season um, because this is my first full season down here in, in the Philly area you know I saw a lot of coaches that you know previously I didn't see because I was in the north uh, north part of Pennsylvania so that was really cool and then my D1 schedule was 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 nice, you know. Like I, I had a chance to really um, flex my muscles and 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 again kind of get situated in the, in, in the conference for the matchups that I had. Ultimately, is the D1 schedule is the D one schedule something you have to earn, like more games. You it's not like a I think D1. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like yeah. you get to D one and you get to you get a schedule that like a full slate of schedule. Like if you get a high school schedule, boom, you get a high school schedule based on your availability. It's not just availability; it's something you have to earn. I think you earn it every year. You know, um, More because, games. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and with that comes, you know, you're going to get evaluated. You know, coaches going to get feedback. That's your assignments are always going to continue to, you know, assess you and, and kind of figure out what your fit is. So so I, I'm, I'm happy and, and, and uh, appreciative of just being, you know, continuously considered for, you know, conference level work, which is great. 
Um, um, I have a per, like a, a a question that I would like. I think other people would want to answer from you specifically. Like how? Because one of the things I talked about with both of you is reaching my ceiling. How do you deal with being uh, evaluated as much as you are at this level? Like, was it an adjustment, or did you maybe less for you, Curtis, because you went feet first right into college? But like getting to this point where you're constantly evaluated, does that that kind of pressure? Do you thrive in it? Does it bother you sometimes that you have to keep proving yourself? Or is it something that you're neutral about or whatever? What, what are your feelings on it? Because that's a, a, a that's something that I, as good as I might think I am, have not experienced at all. And that sort of I'm kind of a big fish in a way small pond in that yeah. way. Yeah. So like I guess to correct your your statement, I didn't go feet first first into college. You know, I, I think, you know, my path aligning was yours a little bit you know like I, I was a high school guy and I wanted to be a high school varsity umpire so so my evaluations started then by guys at the high school level who I think weren't really evaluating me right but they were evaluating me and you know I got used to being assessed even though I, I don't think that the right assessments were being made you know and then it took the next set of folks to assess me and then say hey we think you should go into this particular direction so that guidance, you know, eventually introduced me to college and I'm super appreciative of that to this day. So, so I think assessment is integral to anyone who's thinking about officiating because the only way you're going to grow is with folks giving you feedback and then trusting that your assigners have your best interest with that feedback. My job is not to be like, yo, I need to be in this conference because dot, 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 dot. No, I, my, my assigner will give me kind of some direction, feedback and say, hey, you know, if your aspirations are this, then here's the things that we need to see happen. And you take that and you apply it and you wait for your opportunity, actively wait for, your, for the opportunity to go and prove yourself that you belong in said experience. Yeah. Um, and we'll get back to your to, to D1, but I want to pass out to Carlos, that same sort of mentality, because especially you and I, we come from the city and... Um, at least Steph, for sure with baseball, the way we came up, our roots, there, there, there's an, you can look at it and call it an evaluation, but really at the end of the day, it's more, it's not necessarily being evaluated. It's more like uh, people just kind of like, it's like a no-show job. Nobody's, I say that because it's like when you, when you become better the way we started, you realize that the people who are evaluating you weren't helping you grow and in the way that you should. And uh, since you've gone from where I am, to where Carlos is, I mean, Curtis is at, at that level of that dichotomy of an evaluator where you're like getting it, somebody who you don't even want, you, you wouldn't take that proper advice from to somebody who's really got your the interest of the, the division one or division three at heart where they're good at their job at evaluating. I have not experienced that yet. I mean, Marty and you guys are, are teachers and evaluators in that way, but like where you got to, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people who shouldn't be umpires who have the opportunity because of the the, ne the necessary need for the umpires, but at D1 and stuff like that, I don't know if there's a shortage, but you're not going to get there just because you're a warm body, you know, and you're, you're going to, so like, how do you, how do you manage that, Carlos? How was it, was it an adjustment to, especially coming from where we come from? Absolutely. I think, um, so I started way back when um, with PSAL in New York City baseball, and there really wasn't a lot of division one umpires to kind of guide you know, if I had that aspiration, there was, I mean, let alone college, right? So we, you and I started in the same system. We started BUA, Bronx Umpires, uh, and um, Bruno Franco, rest in peace, who, who got me actually started. They gave us a, a set of skills that worked for them. And unbeknownst to, you know, the, the other groups, right, we were just told that, hey, this is the best group, and we learned from them. And so over the years, what I've had to do is, course correct some bad habits that I learned right and I, I don't want to talk bad about the group because that's where I started it's where I got a lot of opportunities I'm kind of fine-tuned I guess the main thing was my ability to cause balls and strikes however some of the habits that I learned was you know ball is hit and I was slashing all the way in why well because in that system it was the home plate umpire had the ball anywhere in the outfield that's anywhere 450 feet that's what they had the base guy had all the bases so you know the first even time I went Curtis, from... even in the b and the c even in the b and the c home plate has the the v 
right? And that and that <laughs> hasn't changed since I learned that system. So when I went from that system to a two man, a traditional two man system, again, I, I thought I knew it all. Ball is hit. I'm slashing, and so and then the term of the V. I didn't know what the V was. I didn't you know, know what the what, V was either, man. Right. So just moving from one system to what's the normal system everywhere else took a little time. And then from there, as I started meeting new partners uh, who were at the next level and asking them for guidance, they started showing me, okay, what the two-man system is outside of what I learned. So the biggest challenge that I had was that automatic slashing in to pause, read, react, anything, if I'm in EA, you know, anything down the line or challenging that wall or, you know, maybe second base, uh, right fielder, center fielder, right fielder converging, I I'm going out, right? So it took a long time because I had been in the system for over 15 years before I started to mm. make a step up. That's the difference between so, you and I. I got out of it a little with like three years in. I was like, oh, I saw what you saw three years in versus 15. Damn. Right. Well, I, I didn't know any better. I didn't, like I didn't being know what blind and then being able to see almost. Yeah. 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 And exactly. I like how your modesty said the normal way. We all know we, we, it's the correct way. We were not taught the correct way. We were taught. Correct. That absolutely it was like, right. you know, like how people play Monopoly with their own rules, but with fucking umpiring. You know, it's like you can't right. do that. <laughs> yeah. We had so, our own ground so rules. That 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 was it. We had our own ground rules. So it's like you know, <laughs> when I work, <laughs> when I work, when I work with the group, right? Then I do what they want us to do, you know. However, you know, when we start to go into like the playoffs and everything like that, where we have now, now that I understand three man, mm -hmm. I'm actually the one who's kind of guiding everyone as to where to be, you know. And and you know that you and I were working a three man during oh, yeah. during the. Oh, yeah. uh, you was a you was a. UEA. I was UAE. quarterbacking it from from U three, yeah. yeah. So you know um, the evaluation that respect too. You know, especially if people. Want yeah, to I would say so a little right. bit. Yeah, of course. A little bit. Oh, real quick before I lose that thought, how did you how, from fifteen years in at BUA, and then you you're like uh, when Saul becomes Paul in the Bible and he from goes from blind to seeing. You know what? How long did it take from to be confident to? bring the the right the correct system into BUA no matter who you work with they're gonna know okay now I'm gonna have to do it right because I would say for myself post COVID when people work with me they either understand that they're taught wrongly or they'll just go by my lead because I have the reputation of being the better umpire so like how long did it take for you to get that because as soon as you learn the the new the, the correct way you still want to like you said depending how you work with depending on the situation you're gonna follow the lead. Like how long did yeah, it take? It, like it, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go forsake the it, actual mechanic, the mechanics, because you were taught this way. Like I'm gonna give the game what the game deserves. Yeah, it took me a, a good amount. Of, I would even say five years because I was dabbling into two systems, and then when I got an opportunity to get into the college, college, even in college, the first few seasons, there was some. I was hesitating. Like, whoa, what's going on? Um, and mm -hmm. and one of the one of the OGs, I'm not going to mention his name, had told me during, I think, during my first season of college ball, there was a play, and I should have gone out. And after that game, you know, we had a post game, and he said to me, if I had your evaluation during your tryout, I would have failed you. And from that point, for a long time, I didn't like this dude. I didn't <laughs> like this dude. And fast forward, fairly recent, we worked together. And uh, we've had an understanding now. And I understood it. I didn't like it. And I held that for a while and I let, had to let it go. And he's not, I mean, he, he's a, a very reputable umpire. He, he People know him. And I just didn't like that comment. On the other hand, I did get to, and this is one of the highlights of the season for me, the person who did pass me, I got to work with him during a college playoff semifinal this year, conference. And that was, to him, it was a little thing. Uh, it was Division Three. It was a okay. it was a conference um, conference semifinals. Excellent. And uh, I got to work with him. Nice. And um, yeah, look at and... me now. <laughs> no, no, no. That no. The guy who passed me. No, I got I know, to work I know, with but him. just still. But that guy, you haven't. It was been a while since you've seen this guy, right? Yeah, it's been a while. And yeah, um, show your your skills off, man. You could be proud of it too. Oh, I, I absolutely was. I, I was more at you, uh, working with him. 
when I got to work with you, baseball, first time ever, we got to work together this year, all this time knowing each other. And I was like, I can't fuck up, you know, <laughs> like I was a little more. <laughs> I've only worked with Curtis the one fucking time that we work together. And if we ever work together again, I'm like, you, talk, you, you build up yourself. It's like promoting the podcast. Whenever I worked this season, there was a, a different pressure. It was actually the only pressure I really had to be better other than get wanting to get the game correct. You know, you want other pressure. And the pressure was like, well, I can't ask these motherfuckers to be on the podcast if I suck. You know, like, oh, no, 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 you, like can't, you can't, you can't, could be like that. Guys. No, no, but still, but I was, it was a good, it was a healthy pressure to just mind my P's and Q's and be sharp, you know, no matter what. Sometimes you, if it's just a pressure to get the game out there, you might lose yourself to being content. And that's what I mean. Like what hearing you guys talk about actual evaluators assess you. So you constantly have to be better you have, or you have to at least maintain how good you are, which can be hard as well, especially if you're really that good, which you guys are. So getting better and or maintaining at that level is is tough, you know. So I want to go back to, to Curtis and to, uh, talk about the NCAA schedule because I didn't forget about that. The Division One rather schedule and how that went for you. It went well. Kind of like highlights. I highlights. Um, I, I've talked about this before. Uh, the biggest highlight was my partners had some really great partners. You know, guys who are postseasoned. You know, conference tournament guys. Guys who like they, they they know their craft that um are good leaders, you know. I think one of the learning points for me this season was, you know, I aspire to be a crew chief, you know. So goals. And for me, you know, having strong crew chiefs the entire season with different leadership styles, with different approaches to the game and how they manage the game. You know, for me, I was taking those notes like, you know, three men's three men. You know, we're going to we're going to work it. But for me, it was all of the intangible competencies that I was like, all right, let me let me see how this guy, you know, for this series is going to work it. Let me see how, you know, now I got a whole different crew with, you know, the approach to the series. Let me see how they approach it, you know, and just kind of picking again, picking the things that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to add this to my game and, you know, things that I'm like, mm, yeah, that's not me. I don't I'm not going to I'm not going to add that to my bag. But that was that was one of my favorite reflective moments was um just really looking at the crew chiefs and just just figuring out like what are what are some qualities that I need to add to my game. That's why you distinguished gentleman, man. You like the value that you took from it was the information and, and being yeah. able to parse what's good and bad. Yeah. And understanding not to discard what's bad, but to understand that yeah. why you think it's bad. Mm-hmm. And that is a skill to, to mm-hmm. parse information. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't want to take it all in. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's a life skill, man. You know, yeah, so a, absolutely. You know, so so I, I think that was the biggest thing I took away from you know my my weekend series. Um, you know, schedule was just being able to work with some really good officials with different characteristics and and, and leadership qualities, and and just being able to kind of assess myself and figure out what are some gaps that you know some of these folks, you know, gave me some some tidbits to add to my game. Other than that, the, the, the schedule was fine. I did have you know postseason this. Year. Year, so division three postseason so that was great what was cool about that was uh i was assigned to one location and then uh due to some necessary changes i was reassigned to another location and i had a chance to work with some really like probably my favorite postseason crew that i've worked with thus far so mm-hmm. um so just being able to fill in um as needed by you know the ncaa assigners and and then my local signers and immediately have a, an impact to, you know, the crew and, and to the site was, was awesome. Just had a, had a, had a ball, you know, and I'm excited about future possibilities and hopefully continue to, again, just assume leadership roles in and, and hopefully continue to, you know, to get towards that end goal of, you know, hopefully getting a D3 ring. Awesome. And I, I'm, this is a question for both of you, Curtis, you answered first. I feel one of the most fulfilling things about this job, it's something that fulfills you. Like I haven't done umpiring for over almost a month and that's the longest stretch that I've ever had uh, since I started. And it's not been fun, you know? And my question is every year for me, at least, I've felt the progression, not just in my skills, not just in the level that I've achieved, you know, that you should naturally just achieve when you get better or something, when you dedicate the time that we dedicated, but like the actual, like, Wow. For the most part, every year is better than the next to me. And I hear where you say that. And I don't know you as uh, that long, Curtis, but it's uh, it seems like there's every year offers more and you're building on, you know, you're always building on good ground. You know, do you feel that? 
I do. I do. And, um, but I think there's a, there's a mental preparation piece that has to be at your foundation to have that perspective, right? My perspective is I can only control what's in front of me, right? And I'm not thinking about a year from now, what my schedule is going to look like. I'm not looking, I'm not thinking about what schedules my colleagues have that and doing that comparison. Oh, I, oh. I should have these games or I should have, I should be in these conferences. Don't count other people's money. My dad always said. Nah, nah, nah. It, it, it doesn't help you. And it definitely doesn't help the association that's assigning you. Right. Literally um, helps nobody or nothing. And, and right. Right. And and it positions you to, to, to really dig your own grave. Right. You know, for me, um, I do think every year is an opportunity for me to prove myself to myself. And the byproduct of that is me proving myself to my assigners and everyone else who I'm, you know, I'm working those games, you know? So, so, you know, going to, you know, our camps and, but then like we've talked about before, using the summer to work on our craft, like I go into the spring, like, Hey, let's get it. You know, because I know I've been working on all these little things, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, at Domination, MSI, whatever it is, or, whatever collegiate stuff that I'm getting, whether it's from UCU or you know, Portal Mac, whatever it is, right? Like I'm using that stuff to sharpen my toolkit, right? So so almost every cool year. after the higher level too. I'm sorry? It's almost cool that the summer ball comes after the highest level that you're going to do. So you can yeah. work out all the stuff that you may have learned, pick yeah. it up or want to shed. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. you come to the season fresh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's cool about the summer is like, you're now in your groove, you know, this, this, the spring season goes by so fast and now you have your summer schedule and you know, you're, 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 you're in your groove. You're, you're good now. You're warm. Like you, you're, you're established, but at the same time, if you're really committed to your craft, you've taken some notes on things that you may have to really think about that you did in the spring. Right. Mm-hmm. So that way, great, great example. You know, I had a series over at Trenton and I mean, my two partners are two of my favorite people in college baseball and they out of New York, right? I'm not going to drop names, but they out of New York, right? And I was just happy to be working with them. <laughs> you know, like, you know, forget about the whole baseball part of it. Like I, I was excited. I hadn't seen them all year. Mm. Um, and just good people can flat out work, men of color, right? Like all of these things for me, they're just checking off boxes, right? Like I'm like, yeah. yep, we're, we're good, right? I have resumes, you know, like all of these things. And just to be able to talk baseball with them, but then also talk life, like that was that was it, and I think the that's fr- what it's the about. The phrase is called "talk shop." Curtis, get it right. No, I was talking. I mean, yeah, I mean, talk life. You yeah, know, yeah. we're talking shop, but I mean, there's just to, be yeah, able exactly. to talk yeah, life. Yeah, you know what I mean? Of course, man. Like, you yeah, know, get like, for brass tacks just, and every, yeah, yeah. You're not being man through these people. Absolutely, you know, and, and and for that, I felt very comfortable being. Hey, I had this situation this year, or how do you think you know we should we should work this right? And just getting their thoughts and opinions. You know, like for me. That's like, okay, now I'm good here. I'm good here. I, I'm going to still focus on these things because that's going to matter for me next spring, right? But having that supportive environment with umpires where you can do that, priceless. So, so yeah, so, you know, the summer is critical because before you know it, we're shutting down by, you know, late October and we're done for four months before things rev up real quick and you got to be on your A-game quick. And uh, I'll pass it on to you, Carlos, but when you say like I, that's why I, the distinguished gentleman is a great nickname because you, you put it in a way where, you you establish the feelings that we all have in in words that I think uh, resonates even with me. It was like wow, that's that's how I feel. But I couldn't have said it as I could have used certain words and stuff like. But to, to put it in a way that everybody can sort of be like, no matter what you're talking about, it is constructive passion. It's not like I'm just like in lust with this. It's like no, I love this and I'm dutiful to it. And I'm using all the time that I spend in it, which is high pressure in the moment, but still to get better at it, building the plane while flying it. And I share that. I think that's what the, like, I mean, to, to pull the curtain back on people listening, it's mad late. And both these gentlemen just came off the field. And the, the dedication to the craft, I'm lucky and we're all lucky to hear from, from these guys because, you know, they're, they're fresh off the plane and they're, they're ready to get back on. And and Carlos, the same the same thing with you. Like I, every year, and we both do wrestling together too. And I I always feel better wrestling every year too. Mostly because it's more of a brotherhood, and we're we can all see each other grow. So the people who've taught me as mentors, I can see them grow too with my own eyes. In baseball, 
I mean, well, Carlos had a guy, he just like criticized him and then he didn't see him for years. You know, like you, you don't get to trust the advice and it's stuck. You're stuck with you for a while. And you, it was like a millstone instead of something that was like trying to build you up. But yeah, get to like every year, the progression and how do you, how do you manifest that to, to become a better person and, and better at your job? So the, the one thing I did mention, so uh, with that evaluation of the guy who, who who told me that, one of the things that happened in life is, and it's, it's just me being stubborn, was I had to let go, right? So when I got to work with him, I had to finally let it go. And I wish I'd have done that years ago. He did have some good information. But I'm going to also say with, with Curtis, one of the things I got to do this this um, between the postseason and over the summer is work with some really, really high-level officials. And they were able to give me some nuggets. I mean, some words of wisdom, guys who've done it before, who's gone to, you know, the World Series, whether it was Division Two or Three, regionals, super regionals. That's the one thing I will uh, kind of agree with. You know, in our back pockets, we do have the contact information and relationship with guys who are regional and super regionals. Curtis, we're not going to drop any names, but I'm just about certain I know who you spoke with or who you worked with, especially you talking about down in Trenton, but you know, having that conversation really leads to a lot of growth. So I really feel that by having those conversations, working with those guys, getting those pointers, and always trying to get sharper. Curtis, by the way, you and I never worked together. I've always wanted to work with you. I, I don't think between the three of us, we're ever or it's it's less likely we're going to work at Domination together. I've worked one Marky, game with you guys, and you guys have never worked together. It's crazy. Well, not but not in Domination. I, Marty just, I love him to death. He's probably not going to do it. And by the way, I is it wish too much color? Steven, if we're all together. It was too much color. No, I, I think, I think when, <laughs> when, 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 like, so he tries to similar to <laughs> that. That's funny. <laughs> and I'm trying to go away from that. Like, oh man, that was funny. Um, I love you, Marty. <laughs> Mar Marty, actually, the other day, Friday, he had Al Clark, his brother, down there. And if oh, you wow. want to get evaluation, yeah, he was there. And Marty says, Carlos, I'm going to have Al come and uh, watch your game. I'm like, not for this 14 you gave me. <laughs> well, not, uh, so, I'm not doing 14, anything you. serious there, right? And so my partner heard and says, hey, nobody, I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, damn. Come on. Hike up, come hike up on. your pants and get into this, and get into this I, position, nope. bro. Nope, I didn't change. No, I'm no, no, no. But uh, it was pretty cool uh, to have him there. But uh, Curtis, I think that um, I can't speak for what your goals are, but I think you're closer to being a crew chief or an assistant crew chief. And I'm going to put it out there that that next season is going to happen because just hearing hearing you speak hearing your previous podcast and there were lots of nuggets you dropped in there. People could just write notes because it's one of the things that uh, I have challenges with, but I think the Preach. way you carry yourself, I think the way you know the rules, I think that this would be, if I'm correct, your third, more than likely if you go to a third region, I think you're going to be where you need to be in position to maybe even supersede the rounds you got to, you got to the last two years. I think you're a lot closer. I mean, I can see that happening, um, which, Leads to the next thing. Last year, I worked on the little things I needed to work on, and I'm wearing this hat. I had an opportunity to go. Oh, you can't really see it, but I got to work the Cape Cod. Oh, that's dope. Which, that's dope. Which yeah. was the highest level of baseball I've ever done in my life. And yeah, um, yeah. that was super important. It's on the list. Development. What, so is yeah, what is yeah. it? Cape Cod? Yeah. Oh, man. Cape Cod is the, I guess it's the number one summer collegiate baseball league in america at least that's that's what i thought it is a lot of folks kind of agree but a lot of those guys is um, it like a monroe tournament for college or is it this is the highest level of baseball no, I've like, ever done no, they're, they're like good the, they're, the they're super is. good they're, they're super super duper good like these are the only way you get into that is invite only that's um invitation yeah and the top players who are who are probably going to get drafted i think I would say like a third of the players who Wait, played the, the, the player gets summer. invited or the team get invited. The players, the players, oh, and players then they form all star teams basically. They they play in the league. I think how many teams are there? Uh, six or seven teams oh, to dope. represent. That's really cool. Yeah, but I had manifested that the year before, and I and so last year it was okay. I went there for a purpose. 
so it can affect this year. And what I wanted this year, I said, okay, I'm going to get into a conference mm. playoff, conference final. I said that last year. So work things I worked on. I worked on a lot of footwork when I was at places like Diamond Nations and beyond. That's right. I worked on some of the communication skills. And so I said, this is what I want. So when the playoffs came around this year, I initially, I, I got a, a first round playoff and I said, all right, well, I didn't say specifically what I wanted. And then <laughs> two days later, the things I wanted manifested itself. So I used the summer to work on things for the next year and we're always growing. And um, I just want to talk on this partners, right? I talked about the importance of having those conversations with high level partners. And then sometimes you can get some real shitty partners, you know? So this week I got, uh, I worked with a partner who, it, it started really bad from, from the jump, right? He communicated out to me, wanted me to do two plates. Hey, let's kind of uh, flip a coin for it. He's not flipping a coin for it. He's telling me what to do. Mm. We get to the field, this zero communication. And it was just like, we kind of, we knew what to do when things, when ball was hit, rotated. Curtis, you've met Carlos. He's not the type of guy you tell to do something, you know? Yeah, it was It was like, this guy doesn't know me. And if he has some kind of, you know, if he has some kind of impediment or, you know, we'll talk to me. Like, I, we can, you know, whatever, I'll work with you. But it's like, he didn't know me. He came off nasty. We worked the game. The game's turned out pretty okay. But there was just no communication. It was like very, very awkward. And there was nothing I felt like I was going to get out of it, you know. And during the baseball season, during the college season, I had a few instances with partners who did things that I didn't like. For example, we had to get together to adjudicate a call. You know, I, I mucked it up. You know, we're always growing. I mucked it up. And I, I asked him, I crossed my arms, say, hey, let's get together. And what before, did you muck up? Don't bury the lead. What was the play? I, I, how I mucked up? Yeah. I, I mucked up, and it was me. I, I mucked up a uh, a catcher's interference. I, I mucked it up. Hey, you, you and... had a great one earlier this year, and then you you came back. Remember the one you, you showed me the video of? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's was... that's later. But I but I mucked this one up. I yeah. mucked it up. So I came. I said, "Hey, let's cross. I'll just check, talk to you." And before I could even get to him, he says. I got nothing for you. I'm like, oh my God, everyone, everyone saw that. I'm like, oh, kill me, kill me. I killed myself mucking it up. But I'm like, dude, like we'll get together, cover up your mouth, take a half, put it over your mouth, and hey, you know, get away from from where people can hear, and let's kind of have a conversation. Let's let everyone know we have no idea what the fuck's going on. Well, he said, hey, I got nothing for you, and I'm like, oh boy. I know, I'm and, and, uh, to the layman listening, you have to get together and you keep your opinions to to the person in front of you who's your partner. Whatever opinion you have, sh- only share it with the person you're working with, because yeah, it's, it, that's kind of like it's a it's a beyond the rules thing, but it's kind of a day one beyond the rules thing. So how how did you how did you navigate it? So you know, I, look, I mucked it up. It's my I got to take full responsibility, and you know, I'm gonna take some crap. And I'm going to give them, all right, I'm going to have to take crap. I said, okay, no problem. And I went to the coach and said, hey, you know, I, I mucked it up. And then, what do you mean you mucked it up? And I had to eat it up some more. And I take it for a little bit. And then after a while, I had to put stop to it. But, you know, to me, it was a learning lesson. I probably should have talked to my partner and say, hey, look, if we have to get together, you know, and I, and I actually learned this years ago, let's get together in an area where, where no one can hear us, no gestures, no no, no shaking the head, no up, down. Let's get together and talk about it and I'll make a ruling and, and that's it, you know? So, yeah, I had, I, had to, and I had to take full responsibility, right? Because, again, it was me and I'm going to learn. We're all going to learn. But interesting enough, that was game one of, of a doubleheader. Game two, something happened. And I didn't throw him under the bus, but it was nothing I can give him. But I got together and... He had to he had to take some stuff, and it was like wow. The, like, the, the guy who the guy who said I had said, who said yeah my partner. So it came back to him, but I didn't throw him under the bus. I just got together, said hey, this is what I have, you know, just same thing, cover my mouth. Hey, this is what I got, and you got to make a call. And he made the call, and he took and he took some stuff. So the universe gave him back the business oh, for one thing I learned. Life me... is, if karma's kicking the shit out of somebody, I don't need to join in on the fight. Correct. But yeah, you know, it's important to have good partners and, 
You know what, Stephen? I think we're always growing. I, there's so many, as I said, there's levels to this. We're always learning. We're, I don't think uh, I've hit, you know, the ceiling of where I could be. I think it's going to take a lot of years to, to get there. We can always get sharp. We can always work on something. In fact, when I go to Dimination, you know, I go in every day with an agenda of what things I need to work on. And even at 13U, which everyone knows how I feel about 13U, but they're, they're ball players too. Allegedly. But they, they are. They are. <laughs> they're, they're good kids. They're, they're good kids. Yeah. But always go with, with something particular that I want to work on that day. And if that means I have to lock in, uh, if the score is nine to one and I have to stay locked in, you just never know who's looking at you. And my responding to comments, right? I've kind of, you can't have rabbit ears. But one of my good friends who who is a, uh, 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 you know, in Division One this year, had a pretty really good schedule. And by the way, Stephen, I'm always going to say this: you got to go to camp. Curtis said it: you got to go to camp. I'm going to camp again this year, probably two camps. You got to go to camps I will because find my way you're also going to get a fair valuations there, and you're going to always learn on things you can tweak. You're always going to learn. Yeah. But he 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 reminded me today. I had a response today, and here's what it was: I had a. a 13 or 14 U game and I was working by myself and the parents from one team was down the right field line and or, uh, yeah, first base side and first base and third base side. So play happened. And again, this is 90 feet. So big field and a play happened. I try to get as much ground as I could. There's two plays going on and um, I made a call. They didn't like it. And I said, Hey, after I caught time, I said, hey, you know, you, you guys are welcome to help me if you like. I mean, I do need help. This is obvious. I need help. It's a set of eyes looking all over the place. And, yes, you may have a better angle, but I need help. Oh, no help? All right, so let's continue the game. And my buddy reminded me. He says, hey, you know, we'll continue to grow. So nowadays, folks have cameras, and they're going to start recording these types of things. And that's the last thing you need. You know, just stay locked in. Don't worry about them. You're still winning. Do your job and, and just ignore them. And it was like, oh, man, you're right. You're so right. And that's the power of having association and having those folks there, good partners and good friends who share life with you, but also give you keep you grounded. And that was important to hear. And so those are the types of things. Okay, I'm going to lock that in. So when I'm working these games and it's out of, you know, it's out of reach, stay locked in mm -hmm. and, and don't pay attention to what parents and spectators are saying to you because it, it just all that work that you've put in to get better can all go away if someone records you and then that goes viral. And then now we're trying to apply and keep our jobs at the highest level we've, we're working. So you got to always remember that. Yeah, you could lose a lot of uh, reputation for a moment you can lose opportunities in a moment yeah absolutely moment. yeah absolutely because exactly just a snow globe of who you are will mm -hmm. be the people that that's the the world that you are to them and what a great goddamn segue of talking about being locked in for blowouts because you haven't had to share i did the the little league version of cape cod which is the the tournament that they have in cooperstown with the, the, the big 12u tournament and talking about blowouts and being locked in oh my god I've never seen such scores in my life. And it was a, uh, it wasn't camp as you guys talk about. And I've been to two camps, but not anything as in invasive and, and about getting to a certain level. It was like the camps I went to was just making you a good umpire, <laughs> not to, to get to a higher level, but this was certainly a learning experience. And for people who don't know when you get selected to these uh, tournaments, at least the, the, this one that I went to basically each team is required to either provide an umpire or pay $1,600. So a lot of teams get an umpire and give them the $1,600 and you don't work their games. So it's like BYOB, but for an umpire. And um, when you get up there, it's a week-long tournament. I was there for seven days. And I'm glad I went there with as much experience as I did, as I do most of the time. I guess it's just... That's a natural process. You, you're glad that you came into experience, but specifically this amount of time in, in my craft because I could absorb everything besides the actual game, which was I don't think you can appreciate when you're when you're trying to be you're worried about how good you are. I wasn't worried about good, how good I was, but I was cognizant of the fact that I was new to this place. And a lot of people do this all the time. And there's, I talked to one guy and there's a certain comfort level too that at that place, that, that comfort level that we see with other empires where they're 
they're known as umpires, but they're not known as good umpires. You know, like there's a lot of those, but there's more financially solvent because you could get in every week there. If you're retired and you just keep getting selected by teams, teams, you can make a whole summer out of it. And a lot of these umpires do. So that was a, a weird uh, avenue that I never thought they could umpires could have financially speaking or even just staying in the game. But as far as like the, the gameplay, it, it was like these 12 year olds who some of these teams and his draws from all 40. 49 out of 50 states, I think Alaska was not represented, a Puerto Rican team and a Dominican team, and multiple, like, of those states, Florida was, like, 30% of the teams. The, the final four teams was three Florida teams and one Nevada team. And the culture is just, they can play all year round, but they make it conducive for offense. And I never seen such scores, 30, 30 runs. And the mercy does not, it's 12 after four. And you got to play until you get to that. There's no time limit. So I, I literally see a team go up 27 to nothing in the third inning. And one of the things I, I say about my, my experience, and I'm able to evaluate the type of teams that come there and the type of coaches and their expectations. And is I categorize it three ways. Teams that go there thinking they can win and have a chance. Teams that go there because, hey, man, this is a dream. Appreciate the experience, whether you get your ass kicked or not. And then the team in the middle, the team that thinks that they're good and goes up there and gets rocked. You know, they think they can win it, but they have no chance. And dealing with those coaches <laughs> to share like a direct experience, there's a crew chief assigned to your group. So it's like pretty much regular, like four, four people, but we don't all work. It's not a four-man crew. It's two-man crews, but we're four to a group. And it's one of those things where I'm not known. I, my reputation doesn't precede me. It doesn't follow me there. But after the first game, you can see that I'm I'm competent enough to to be okay. Well, we know what we're dealing with. But the crew chief, it was weird at first. He was cool, and then he kind of, I he lost me at, on the game that I worked with him. This coach was being really passive aggressive. It one of those coaches that like just say what you want to say. Like I'd rather, I, if it's a tactic, he was he was to get me wanting to throw you out for not even committing to the things that you usually get thrown out for because I know he's putting me down i don't even know if he, he knew what he was doing but I, I i nipped it in the bud and he's looking at me and then he he makes a gesture where he starts balling up his fist and, and not like a i'm gonna do something about it but like a alpha male type shit and that i was like listen man i've answered your questions i forget the context of everything because it was a blur but I, I i disciplined him and in the middle of that the crew chief takes his side and is like i'm sorry sir he, he addressed him in a way, like a, a subservient way. And I was like, holy shit. I, that had never happened where I was. It wasn't like contradicted by our rules. I, and I was the plate umpire, too. That visually matters. Nobody knows who's the leader there. It was wild. I had a very interesting experience. I wouldn't say I had a great experience. I did not. It was interesting. I did not like I did not like seeing teams get blown out like that. And there was no they had to, like, get the outs. It was. And there's some teams, man, that are brutal. They don't give a fuck. They'll. They'll step on your throat and they'll hit and hit and hit and they won't manufacture outs in ways that are even subtle. I had one team that did it. The kid got off the base and he walked to second to get the out. He didn't even like, he was like, we're beating your ass so much. That this is what we're doing for you. It was, it was weird. It was weird. But as far as my season, other than high school and, and Yankee stadium, I think we've talked about a lot. I want people to listen to podcasts and, <laughs> and not be like, Oh, how long is this? So, I know you guys are tired and I we gotta be more frequent about this. That's on me. And I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna I've been in text. So like, right, where's the next episode drop? Especially from a couple of people uh, that we know from the wrestling side. Shout out to Xavier, who's like, when's the next talking shop dropping? And last time I was at Diamond Nation, and I feel the people who actually listen, and I'm like, whoa. And it's not even brought up in a way like to come out to tell me that they listen. I'll say something and they're like, Oh yeah, I heard it on the podcast. And I'm like, oh shit, really? Like just in a subtle like part of their part of their routine way. So you guys are a big part of that. As I told Carlos when I first met Curtis, it was the inspiration. I didn't know it then, but it led when I had the idea. I was like, Curtis is the first guy. And then it morphed into uh, what it is with you and, and in interviews, which I had no idea was something that I would even think to do. And I got to interview the winning coaches for AA and AAA. And I hope to build not only as an umpire and as a person to get where you guys are evaluated and really seeing how good you are 
but I hope to get to the point where I did with high school and I could build myself as an umpire and to get to a point where I can interview and build this podcast. And ultimately, I'm going to leave it with this to, as a teaser for everybody, but I, I hit my peak in PSAL. I'm done with that because my next goal in Carlos and I are going to work on it and curse from a distance, but the the wisdom transfers where we, there's such a void of nobody teaching umpires the way that I think we can. I mean, we all learn from each other. We all trust each other. Imagine people who are thirsty to learn. And I've been working with coaches and talking to them off the record after the podcast and asking them, hey, man, here's my plan. You know, you got a lot of guys on the team who who got the brain, but maybe they're, they'll athletically get talented out or they'll, or they just won't have the, the desire to play anymore because it's a grind, but they still want to stay in the game. Send them my way. You can get them some money and they can stay in the game and build and you could help the futures that you want of umpires as coaches. Because you you know that people are coming through the pipeline, you're sending them to to people like us. And Curtis said something earlier, like people of color. I personally, I don't, I know I am one, but I, I with respect to people who are visually as you guys are, and I don't mean to sound that obsessive. It's just like I respect it so much that I don't see myself as that. But when I work in the umpire space as we do, you kind of like, oh wait, you know. And for our words to be said from us, I think speaks more volumes too that we don't even realize. And gives people an identity that maybe they didn't ever think that they could look at umpires as. So I think that's something we should be proud of and, and hold on to, too, as well. Is there anything you guys want to say? I mean, this was amazing. Thank you guys for coming straight off the field and doing this. It is very late. And uh, <laughs> professionally, <laughs> personally, I love you guys. So, Curtis, go ahead. Yeah, what I, what I want to add to that, and, and thank you, Stephen, because uh, I think you um... – you're wrapping uh, pretty well here, uh, summarizing a lot of things we talked about that could easily turn into its own podcast episode, right? And, and I appreciate, you know, your reflection of, you know, the one comment that I made about, you know, just me being able to work with some guys who I really look up to who happen to be men of color and, and, and you, you know, being able to kind of articulate, you know, your perspective of that. For me, I, I think it's important that we in this profession recognize that, you know, there are flat out some phenomenal men of color who umpire baseball at the highest level. And they need to be recognized. They need to be acknowledged because they contribute to the quality of officiating in collegiate baseball in a way that doesn't really get recognized a lot. So, so for me, you know, I put that out there because I see them, um, they influence me, they refill my cup in, in, in ways that I think, you know, and and shout out to my my white counterparts who I look up to, and they 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 give me some good stuff as well. But you know, just because of who I am and what I value, you know, I I gotta give shout outs to those homies because they 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 put in work that laid the groundwork for me to continue to see, you know, the the, the vision and the path for what I want to accomplish. So, but I think there is a conversation there because when we talk about recruitment and retention of of, of umpires of color, like there there's there's work to be done there. You know, because, you know, there's folks who are aspiring to do some great things and there's still some hurdles there. So, but no, definitely appreciate that, uh, that, that, that reframe there. And, and I'm hoping that we can open up some, some dialogue about that. Absolutely. And I think that's a big thing in the city too. Like we work, you know, we work in Philly and, and, and Carlos and I work in New York city and in our wrestling organization, it is a take your pick, right? Carlos, we have women, people of color, old established guard for lack of a better term, and, and all of that. And it's all about the respect is how good you are. The respect is as people and as humans and the, the basic offering that you should offer anybody. But, you know, it's an equal opportunity place, man. And it really is because sport in general offers that. And I, it, it stretches into to officiating too, no matter what. It's an equal opportunity thing. And and the cream rises to the top if you put in the effort. You know, that you, you could get discouraged by the amount of shit that middles and you're like, you know, don't get bogged down. Like, don't count on people's money and don't count, don't count on people who are in a position where you don't think they should be in either. Just worry about yourself. Play your own golf game because life is a golf game. You play the course. You're not playing against the other golfers. And, and, and officiating offers just so much intrinsic life skills that, like I say, they go beyond the game. They go beyond the rules. And maybe I don't even realize it that I work with so many people, but you two are the people who gravitate. You are the bigger influences, you know, and and there's something to representation no matter what. And and I, I, I hope we help represent the game well to everybody. I know you guys do to me 
and I hope I do to everybody else. Carlos, is there anything you add? Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, we should continue to keep pushing each other and pushing everyone that we work with. Be a, be a you know, be that motivation that, and that spark that, that they need, you know. Like I said before, I said earlier that, Curtis, you, you know, you're – you're a lot closer to some of the goals that you want. Um, I got super excited when the the regional umpire listing came out and I saw your name up there. I mean, I was super super excited to see that, you know, because you, you're going you're going places. Um, as well as some of the other counterparts that I've worked with over the years. I get excited, you know. You know, it's great that we're not comparing, you know, each other's schedules and where this one's at that one's there just continue to encourage and someone passes me so so be it you know just continue to to get better and if it's you know one percent at a time you know it's one percent at times but you know Stephen, I, I think you have a lot to offer as well i think you're you're, you're starting to just con- you're growing you're growing and keep that mindset dude because whatever you want just put that down on paper is your goal set that vision and work towards that that vision and that's 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 success in a nutshell so keep the keep up the good work and i appreciate this platform you've put together and i'm grateful that we finally got to get together and talk about and just talk shop i'm super excited about this episode and future episodes so thank you everything beyond wasn't it's like there was no beyond the beyond was shitty for me the rules, like that, that the the meat and potatoes of of doing this, was the fulfilling part. Because this means a lot to me, and and I, without getting too much personal, a lot of circumstances have not allowed me to do it as frequently. And and what an enriching way to get back into the swing of things with the two of you guys, who are the part of the foundation of what what we're trying to do here. We'll do it again, and we'll chop it up. We're gonna have our individual episodes again, talking shop with, with Carlos and regular old intrinsic. Inside baseball, inside sport, with with the distinguished gentleman Curtis, and I'll do more interviews. I'm gonna have um, when the Little League, Little League World Series pops up. I'm gonna get Richard Alley Jr. here, actually, on part Little League World Series a couple years ago. But yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. Everybody, thank you for listening. Boom. <laughs>